Fun Factory.com has partnered with Locker Room Talk and Shots. So when you use my special code, SELS20, you get 20% off your Fun Factory purchase. Just head to us.funfactory.com and use my code, SELS20, at checkout for 20% off sex toys, lube, massage oils, and more. Cheers. <laughs> Do the sex. Hi, this is Annette Benedetti, your hostess for Locker Room Talk and Shots, the podcast that likes to think of itself as the queer NPR of raunchy women's sex talk. You are about to sit in on the kind of conversations women have on their girls' nights out or behind closed doors while enjoying delicious drinks and dishing about sex. Think fun, honest, and feminist as fuck, and always with the goal of fighting the patriarchy one orgasm at a time. Welcome to the locker room. <laughs> Ring loop. Today's locker room talk topic is Diaries of a Sober Slut. How to get loose without the juice. I have a returning guest with me today who I'm very excited to talk to. Her name is Ellen. And if you... Um, want to check out the episode she's been on before. This is pretty exciting. She is the star of Confu Confuctions, Confuctions, <laughs> Confessions of a Cuck Queen. And then we also did a podcast on glory holes and sex theaters. Um, and she introduced me to those concepts and, well, how to have fun with them. Now, I think that we can all agree it is not uncommon when jumping in bed with a new partner, when trying something new in bed or getting a little sexually adventurous to have that go-to of wanting some liquid courage. I know I certainly have often found myself thinking, I need a glass of wine before I do whatever I'm going to do. Um, very common. So, Try for a moment, listeners, to imagine, and of course, I'm talking to those of you that aren't sober, going to a sex theater, uh, you know, going to glory hole, dead motherfucking sober. All right. I, I honestly still can't <laughs> even imagine that, but Ellen here can. Ellen is sober. Uh, she's been sober. I'm not sure for how long, but we're going to ask her. We're going to give her some time to talk about that. And she is going to talk to us about what it is like to be a sober slut, how she became a sober, sober slut, and how you too can be a sober slut. So Ellen, will you take a moment to say hello to the listeners and maybe give them a little idea of who you are, a reminder? Yeah. Hi, I'm Ellen. Um, I've been sober for 19 months. Um, I love sex. I love having sex. I love being adventurous. Um, I, I think that um, being a sober slut, just real quick, is um, it's amazing. It's empowering. It's freeing. Um, to me, being a slut is just... Um, leaving behind any, um, stare. I don't know. I don't know what the right words are. It's just leaving behind any preconception of what I should be as a vagina owner. Um, I have sex when I want with who I want all safely, of course, mm -hmm. but, um, 
I don't let um, worries about what other people are going to think about me get in the way of my having fun. We love sluts here. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I guess we're all sluts here. We're all sluts here in the locker room. Uh, But that's a great way, I think, to define what being a slut is. It's having sex when you want, where you want, with who you want and how you want and apologetically um, and without shame. I want to remind listeners before we go any further that you can, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you can also watch it. You can head to my YouTube channel. It's at... Annette Benedetti, that's the handle on YouTube. And you can actually see myself and who my guest is uh, on video and uh, watch us there. So head on over to the YouTube channel and check us out. Um, But I have a giant glass of water here (laughs) to to hydrate with you tonight, Ellen. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm ready for this conversation. I'm excited about it. So um, (laughs) let's uh, get ready to talk about sober sex. Cheers. Let's do it. All right. I I just want to start this off by saying I feel like this is a pretty big deal. I mean, for people who aren't sober, and I'm not saying have a drinking problem, but for people that still can imbibe and use uh, that social lubricant that is alcohol to make sort of sex feel easier, or at least like the initiation process, um, I mean... Alcohol does, in fact, lower your inhibitions, make you feel a little braver um, or at least less aware of how possibly dumb you could seem, like, you know, initiating something. Um, I think it's a big deal to not have something like that to lean on, to actually be 100% aware and um, dealing with your own shit while being brave enough to try something that you want to try sexually. So I'm pretty excited to find out like what that journey has been like with you. But but in order to understand it, I kind of want to know what led up. I So obviously you said you'd been, you've been sober for 19 months. Well, you were fucking long yeah. before that. So can we talk about what was going on ahead of time and what led up to your decision to become sober? Yeah, I think that I could go on for a really long time on, on this topic, but um, I didn't have like a big out external um, rock bottom. Um, I just had some issues as far as like, if I started drinking, there was times where I wasn't going to stop and I had no control over that. Um, I was making poor decisions, um, for myself, but everything was really about me. I wasn't looking around myself, thinking like, how is this going to affect, um, my, you know, my partner at home, my kids, my, my job, anything. Um, I found myself showing up to it just in places, whether it's with my family or my friends and um, looking for what I can get from those situations as opposed to what I can bring to them. Um, and I think I just hit this wall where it was like, I've got there's. I think I'm a better person than this, but how do I 
like figure out who that person is. And alcohol has been a running theme in my entire life. I was raised by drinkers. I was raised in a party. Um, I was taught to party and that's my default. Like that's my go-to if something's fun, if something's sad, um, you know, if I'm bored, if I'm like, if I'm celebrating, I'm a drink is like, what's going to happen. Right. So, um, that was the running theme. And so that was the thing that it was like, okay, well, I need to take that away and feel what I'm feeling. Like I have to understand that there's feelings that are happening and I need to be able to cope with them and deal with them. Right. Right. And so what was your sex life like up until this point, like, and throughout this point where you were still drinking and, you know, starting to recognize that drinking was an issue? Yeah, I think that so like early on, um, sex life, young, um, and I mean, like, teens to early 20s, and alcohol was like, incredibly unhealthy. I would get blackout drunk, have sex with whoever gave me attention, um, wake up in the morning and feel like, I think I felt numb. Like I was like, oh, well, it's just another Saturday night. Um, and so I went my entire life thinking like, oh, I'm just having fun. I'm just fucking and like getting whatever I want. But um, never really did it occur to me like what the toll was on myself for that. Um flash forward more into adulthood, um, I could drink, I could have a, a drink, I could go to parties and not drink. There was always control for the most part, but um, there was um, definitely things I feel like I wouldn't have ever done if I wasn't drunk. Um, but more recently, um, swinging, um, sex clubs. Um, there was drinking involved. Um, usually if I was swinging, it was one to two drinks maximum. I would never drink more than that. Um, and that all just had to go around with like consent and other people that I wasn't completely comfortable or that I didn't know totally. So, um, I think it, so so you're saying that um, while you were still drinking and you were swinging, you were careful with the booze in those yeah. circumstances because uh, you were able to kind of maintain being responsible that way for reasons of consent and being aware yeah. of what you were doing. Yeah. So. yeah, and not to say that there wasn't like one or two times where me – and another person just like went balls to the wall and just partied all night and just had a great time. And it was um, like, it was fun. I would never take that back. Mm -hmm. um, but when it was more than, more than just me and my partner and another person, or, you know, then it was like time to be more in my head, more controlled. Right, right. So was there a specific point when you decided to get sober? Was there a kind of a day of reckoning? Did it have to do with sex or was this more of a gradual decision? Um, it was a, it was a gradual decision. Um, I don't, I never wanted to not drink. Like that was what I don't, I just never thought like that not drinking sounded fun 
at all. So um, it's, it was definitely something that happened gradually. Um, there wasn't really, I mean, I think it was just like a lot of different things that kind of little small things that piled up that was like, yeah, kind of wake up calls. Like it's time to try something different. Tell me about making that decision. What that was like when that happened. Was it a solid decision? Was it, oh, I'm going to give this a try and see what happens. How did that manifest? Um, I'm kind of like a jump right in and like that's you know I'm not a tip your dip your toes in type of person right. um and so yeah I found um I found a meeting nearby and I went to it and like I was alone I've been alone through this whole process yeah when you say meeting you mean oh you went to an AA meeting yeah okay. um yeah we yeah exactly yeah so I found one of those and um just didn't stop going We'll be right back. My code SELS20 is your key to kicking off the sexiest new year ever had when you use it at funfactory.com. Enjoy 20% off Fun Factory's luxury products, including vibrators, cock rings, lube, and more when you use my code SELS20. Check out the Vim vibrating wand. Yes, the one featured on this podcast thumbnail. Grab the nose vibrating cock ring and experience more simultaneous orgasms in 2024. And don't forget to check out their rabbit style vibes. I'm talking about the lady by for toe curling blended O's all year long. Just fill your cart and use code SELS20 at checkout and enjoy 20% off when you shop funfactory.com. Cheers. All right. Well, so now you're sober. And you're still a slut. You were a slut prior to being sober. So let's be clear about that. (laughs) Yeah. That was your, you you had that definition in place before you became sober. But all right, now you're sober. I assume there was this moment when you were like, I am now sober and I want to go do something slutty. And what the fuck is this going to be like? Yeah. Oh, God. So can we talk about that moment and that like wrapping your mind around it and what that looked like? Yeah. So I had a partner that was like, he just wasn't a drinker. He was sober. He wasn't like he didn't face the issues that I faced with alcohol. Like it just wasn't a thing. So I had somebody by my side that was strong enough to be there for me. Mm -hmm. And um You know, I think what I started to tell myself was I shouldn't be doing something that I can't do sober. Like if I can't do this sober, I shouldn't be doing it. Um, And then the next thought process is I'm this nervous, like the other people are going to be this nervous too. So it was just, you know, like when you equalize yourself with, with others and it's like, we're all this nervous, like just try to get over everything and have fun. Well, was it that easy though? Um, well, (laughs) once the clothes come off, yeah. (laughs) It's getting to that point. So can you, can you share, do you have your first memory of doing something slutty after, after, after being sober? Let me think. I think that, yes, actually. Um, 
I was, yeah, I was dating a girl. Um, and it was just, wow. <laughs> All right. So I just want to interject as I know you're, you're bisexual, correct? That's how you identify. Yes. And uh, I think we briefly, I don't know if we talked about it on our past podcast episode, but I definitely think for bi- many bisexual women dating other women is, it's a little bit stressful. It's a little bit yeah. like talk about feeling vulnerable and self-conscious and yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like, can I touch you? Like, is that okay with you? Is it, is everything okay? Can I like, it's yeah. The boundaries are so off. Like I just, yeah. Yeah. Like women are so consent driven. (laughs) So consent driven. It's definitely, I would say fair to say that, um, especially if you're a bisexual woman who has primarily dated more men, cause you can pull dick easier. Um, Mm -hmm. like, that's like fucking a guy can feel like riding a bike, you know, you know where the boundaries are generally, <laughs> Yeah. generally speaking, um, there's less nervousness. Um, I think more of the consent stuff and boundary stuff is I imagine men are more on edge about that with women. Um, but so but, go ahead. The other thing with men is they will take the lead and like just drive the car. And you can just like, la, 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 and like do whatever you want. But with another woman, it's like, who's driving? Like, are, are you driving? Am I driving? Like, yes. And how do you want to drive it? Like, yeah. what way is it? Do you drive the same way I drive? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, much. so you were already dating this woman or this was going on a date with a woman? Um, I was, no, I had been talking to her. I don't know. Mm. I don't think that we'd done anything sexual yet, but we'd been talking, um, for quite a while and we'd met, like we'd gone out and met in person and stuff like that. So we knew each other. Right. So you went on. We were ready. (laughs) So you went on this, uh, date sober for that that was your first sex tell tell me about it let's just no so we've been on dates like we've gone and hung out a couple times and like had dinner and um just chatted we clicked like our vibe was totally there um but as two females it's like at the end of a date like do you kiss i'm just i'm so in my head it's not even funny the answer Um, is yes Yes. And it's, it was not my answer that first time. So, um, but the next, I think it was like the third time we hung out and I was going over to her house and we talked all day and it was like, we're going to keep talking about what we want to do to each other. And we're going to get in the same room and just sit there and not do it. And we actually were having this conversation. So then we're like, okay, she said, all right, well then pick, just pick out this lawn. Like what lingerie you want me to wear? I'm going to open the door in it. We're not going to say a word. And we're just going to go at it. So that's exactly what we did. That was so there your, was no thinking. That was your first sober sexploitation. Yes. Yeah. It's fucking great. How'd it go? So tell me about it. How'd it go? You, she I opens mean, the door. You've got to have like adrenaline coursing through your body oh. with no liquid lubrication. Yeah. Yeah. It was intense. Um, and she was sober as well. So that's like, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, we just made out and went to town, played on the couch, on the floor, 
on the couch. <laughs> like just, I think it was hours. Stopped and ate and then played some more. So what do you think was the most difficult part of that experience? And did that dissipate at any point in time? What would you say to listeners who are like, hmm, I would be interested in trying this, but like, am I going to be awkward the whole time? Like, could I, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that the most difficult part that I've found still to this day is with another woman, like thinking about my body. Mm. And um, I think that that's fleeting thoughts after a while. Like at first it's like, Oh God, you know? Um, And it's, that was the first time. And that's where my head was at was like, cause she was just like gorgeous, you know, just my idea of like perfection. And here I am like in my head, like, Ugh, you know, which isn't the case. Like I'm not that, like it wasn't the case. I was lying to myself. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, once, like I said, once the clothes come off, the, everything's pretty much neutral playing ground. Like nobody's a hundred percent comfortable. I shouldn't say nobody. I know that I'm never going to be like hundred percent comfortable just being naked, but in my head, I have to realize that like I'm with somebody else that's totally naked and being totally vulnerable at the same time. So like, it's not fair if I am so in my head about my body and not just appreciating this person's body and like being there. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I could see, I think that will resonate with a lot of women. Unfortunately, um, even women who, uh, by my definition, would have perfect bodies. They find flaw in themselves because of just what our society has done to us as women. Mm-hmm. And um, it is hard to be naked with, you know, another human, especially another human who has a body that mirrors yours and not start yeah. comparing or am wondering if how um, ever flawed you think yours is in comparison is noticeable to them. I think that that is certainly for me would be one of the reasons why I like a glass of wine or a cocktail before going into a sexual experience, because it can start help block out that critic in my mind that says, Oh, they're going to look at your stomach and think this, or look at your thighs and think that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where the power comes from. um, Realizing that like that's your body and that's you. I mean, I finally came to the realization, like nobody, I've never, I've never gotten naked and somebody just been like, "Mm, mm -mm, no, (laughs) this is not going to happen. Like literally is it, it's never happened. Yeah. And not to say that it won't someday, but like, that'll be a them problem and not a me problem. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of where the power comes into it though, is, um, you know, claiming that of yourself and saying like, I'm worthy of this moment. And like, I think that I owe it to the other person that I'm with to like appreciate, you know, the vulnerability that they're showing. Right. Absolutely. And you owe it to yourself to believe that you're good enough 
however you're showing up in this moment, right? Yeah. And that is such hard work to do. And it's really easy to avoid when you have alcohol or any other substance to dull Mm -hmm. the critical voice of self-hatred that is there, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm, I guess I also want to be very clear that like, I'm only speaking about my experience. Like I don't, you know, I would never think less or think poorly or I mean about drinking anything. It's just for me, it's just been a more powerful experience to live life sober. So, Mm -hmm. but I just want to be clear that like, it's my experience. Like I would never push that agenda. I would never, um, you know, I, mm-hmm. it's just my thing. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. Uh, I was really interested and in, I learned this about you the first time we did a podcast together. I learned right away, obviously, because locker room talk and shots, um, you know, we started out this podcast almost two years ago, um, always having a cocktail at the, at the, the beginning of the podcast. And I learned really quickly, maybe not quickly enough that I could not sustain um, the production schedule I was doing and drink alcohol with every (laughs) episode. (laughs) But beyond that, I also think while this show replicates or works to replicate a girl's night out and the things that we say amongst our girlfriends we have friends who are sober for many different reasons and still pursuing their erotic fantasies and trying new Mm -hmm. things. And whenever you have one of those girlfriends in your circle, inevitably the rest of us are like, how the fuck are you doing that? Right. I mean, I, I am definitely, I wonder it about myself sometimes actually. (laughs) (laughs) So I was fascinated when you told me because not only did you tell me you were sober, I think that you, I want to say that episode was Confessions of a Cuck Queen. So it was like this mm-hmm. sort of kind of crazy stories about things that, you know, definitely take people overcoming conventional ideas of what sex looks like and and how to go about it. And you were doing all of that while you were sober and then you you know, uh, said to me, oh, and, you know, we could do a podcast on sex theaters and and glory holes. And I'm like, well, are you doing that sober too? Yes. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, and so I think I pretty quickly said to you, this is something we should share and talk about. Um, yeah. So I think what's important to share is how do you feel being sober even in that first experience, but in experiences since then, which we'll get to, do you feel being sober enhanced the experience? Do you feel it detracted from it? You know, I think as someone listening to you talk about these experiences, I'm like, would I be too nervous the whole time? Could I get into it? Or would I be in my head the whole time? What is the reality from your experience? I feel like there's definitely been times where every, like you feel everything, um, you know, alcohol always kind of numbed me a little bit. And so, um, the pleasure was always there, but, um, being sober is 
um, a different level for feeling things. Um, so on the other side of that, part of being sober is being aware of why you're doing things. And, um, and so it's made me a lot more intentional and conscious about like wanting to go and have a gangbang or like wanting to go to a glory hole. Like what, what the fuck? Like, why do I want to do that? And I have to like really sit and think like, is there something going on like in my personal life that I'm trying to like cope with or deal with? Like I, you know, it can go, I can start to like whirlwind with stuff like that. Um, and so I do have to be a lot more intentional with like, just, you know, deciding to do these things. Um, and knowing that I just like to do those things, like, it's just fun. There's nothing more to it. Um, as long as, you know, everybody's consenting and safe and like, you know, then I feel good about it. Um, and so the other part is that, yes, there's definitely been times where I feel like I was a little bit more inhibited um, when I know that I would have been less inhibited if I was drinking and maybe um, would have had a different experience, like more fun or um, more, I, I don't know. I, I can only imagine that that's like what, what would have happened, but um, yeah, there's, I think there's a level of comfort that has to be there with people that didn't necessarily have to be there before. So the questions look a little bit different now when I'm meeting people. We'll be right back. Start the new year off with a bang. My code explores 15 gets you 15% off womanizer.com's famous pleasure air text sex toys. You know, the clit satisfying sucking sensation that guarantees explosive orgasms. Just go to womanizer.com and check out my personal favorite, the Womanizer Duo 2. Get ready for blended orgasms or the premium two. Womanizer.com has something for you, whether you are seeking clitastic satisfaction, blended orgasms, or explosive G-spot experiences. Just shop womanizer.com and use my code EXPLORES15 at checkout for 15% off. That's 15% off all womanizer.com products with my code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers. Well, that's interesting. Well, so we're going to take a quick break. And when I get back, I'd like to maybe talk about some of these more, you know, uh, I, I hate saying extreme sexual experiences, but, you know, uh, more unconventional, adventurous sexual experiences um, that you've uh, engaged in sober. Maybe we can talk about how those questions, initial questions are different now that you are sober um, and maybe the pros and cons of being a sober slut, like looking back and looking forward. So uh, when we come back, we're going to find out what kind of crazy shit you've been up to and what that looks like. So uh, stay tuned, listeners. We will be right back. Cheers. And we're back. I've been talking to Ellen, who uh, was the guest on my podcast called Confessions of a Cuck Queen. She is a cuck queen. Is, was, is that a forever thing? Or is it a was for a moment thing, Ellen? Um, Good question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I know it was with 
the partner that I was with, mm-hmm. it was a thing. Yeah. But who knows what the next well, maybe this is something we'll revisit eventually. Uh she was also my guest on uh it was sex theaters, glory holes and something. Anyways, uh and she she introduced us to all of that. And today she's back to talk to us about being a sober slut. That's right. All of those fun things we talked about, she was doing sober and is sharing that journey with us today. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about, you did go to a sex theater sober, right? You've been in a sex theater situation sober. Yeah, a couple times. A couple times. (laughs) And now, did you ever do that when you weren't sober? Yeah. And can you compare the two experiences, uh, the before and after, maybe give us an idea of how you think being sober has either improved it or inhibited it? Um, so when I was, when I had gone and I was, I drank um, before I went, I feel like my stamina was a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Like maybe, um, I stayed for a little bit longer than, I mean, that's literally it though. Um, I, I feel like I had pretty much the same experience when I went and I was sober. So like guys were consistently pretty, um, polite and listened and respected boundaries. Um, and so, and I had my, I mean, I had my boundaries when I went, when I was drinking, I have them when I'm sober. Um, so there really isn't any change in my, like withholding those boundaries. Um, the stamina was different. Like I said, I think I was like over it after a while, like exhausted. Um, and I think that, um, I feel like I had more fun. Like, I just feel like I was so much more in the moment and like, it's just so much more fun to me to be present when you're sober. It's more fun when you're sober is what you're saying. Okay. Just to be clear. Yeah. Just for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so much more fun. I'm, I just, and you know what the beauty of it is like, I didn't wake up the next morning and think like, what the fuck? Did I, what did I do? Like I was, I knew, you know, I made that decision. Yeah. I mean, I imagine mornings are easier, even when I drink to excess, which I am doing much, much less these days, but you know, every once in a while get a little carried away. I, there's something I like to call anxiety. It's Mm -hmm. you wake up with this hangover. And even if I haven't done anything, anything wrong yeah there is this feeling of like if i was around people like oh do i need to like a, a call and apologize to everyone and it's miserable it's just miserable and then yeah. you add sex to that then you're like was i good or was i you know <laughs> was i a sloppy yeah. fuck or um and so i can only imagine it's it's nice to come out of a situation like that and just know, like I went in there, I owned the situation. I had fun and I slapped the cocks away and walked out when I was ready. Yeah. That's how 100%. I imagine it. <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> yeah. done. I'm done. Good riddance. 
<laughs> so for listeners who may not have listened to the sex theater um, podcast and to, to sort of give them a, a really quick idea of what that looks like is you go into a theater where it's porn is playing and then really quickly what happened. Yeah, there's like porns playing. There's a bunch of different couches, benches. Um, I go in there. I'm, I go in with my partner. So I had somebody to go in there with me. Um, and I started by giving my partner head. And then like the guys just circle around you and they're asking if they can touch. And it's so, like I gave my partner my boundaries and he you know, cause my mouth was busy. So he made sure that my boundaries were respected. Um, and, um, you know, just let the guys like touch and play. And, um, then there's, um, a time where I let them have sex with me. Um, they had to have condoms and if they want a blowjob, they have to have a condom on, like, mm-hmm there has to be condoms it's <laughs> yeah abs- absolutely. i mean it's sketchy as shit already but like mm-hmm. i'm done making babies like whatever i don't care <laughs> right 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 there's gonna be risk i mean i guess that's like that's one of my fears is like anything any like std type like stuff that can't go away like you know there's I shouldn't say a fear, but like it's in the back of your head. And so you just take all the precautions that you possibly can. And like, that's the best that we can do. I don't know. I hate to sound so like nonchalant about it, but like, I, uh, I mean, if, if I can, uh, interject while I've not had an experience like that, I think the reality is you're always taking a risk with any new partner, with any, in any situation, in fact, I was, again, this is me pulling stats from the past that could be off, but lots of STDs are actually gotten in monogamous relationships where cheating is taking place and there's not that mm-hmm. um, uh, honesty. And so that's something about having sort of a quote extreme and I hate calling it that's what we're going to call it just because I think it makes sense but uh, sexual yeah. experiences that are non-conventional and involve multiple people uh, a, a good reason to be sober is then you also wake up the next day knowing you were aware of and made sure that every because you know those sneaky fuckers will try to take the condom yeah. off and th- so you need to be alert for your own safety um, also for your own pleasure but I get there's so much stigma and shame around uh, having sex outside of like a monogamous scenario when the risk mm-hmm. factors are are not all that different. Um, yeah, and you just I told right. You just have to be careful regardless mm-hmm. when you're having sex. And uh, but I would imagine yeah. it was kind of nice doing it sober and that knowing afterwards you had been really aware of what was going on and yeah. knew, that, knew that you had been as safe as possible. Yep, exactly. And honestly, um, other times like in sex theater or glory holes, I always had condoms, like they're always there, mm-hmm. but I never had sex. Um, with anybody until the one time that I'd gone and had like a gangbang basically. Mm-hmm. And I was totally sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't ever have sex until I was totally sober because 
it's behind, like, I just, I didn't trust guys. I don't, I mean, you can't trust them. (laughs) I mean, why would I? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, and I have a lot of male listeners for certain. And I think there's that urge to say, well, not all men or I'm trustworthy, but the problem is that enough men aren't that we have to make that assumption that in order to protect ourselves, that Mm -hmm. you can't trust anyone in that situation, especially if it's a, you know, with uh, people that you don't necessarily know super, super well, right? Right, exactly. uh, Yeah, I mean, it makes it's, it's safety. I mean, it just, it makes sense. And, And yeah, not all guys would do that. And nobody has yet. Right. But now, I mean, having that. Yeah. Do you feel like you get more of a rush of adrenaline now that you're, there is definitely a, an adrenaline rush that comes with doing something taboo or something new sexually. Do you feel like you get that hit a little bit harder um, now that you're not drinking? I think it lasts longer. Like it starts earlier and then it, lasts a little bit longer and then after it's done like the rush kind of comes back where it's like oh my gosh well you know like what did I just do like that was insane um and so yeah I never really thought about that but yeah the rush is definitely a little bit more intense do you think knowing that you did that sober and being able to really like relive it afterwards and know that you were present and in charge of everything that was going on. Does it, you know, does it make you feel better about yourself? Is it kind of neutral? How is it compared to when you were doing things like that while drinking? We'll be right back. Kick off the new year with a jaw-dropping 30% off of some of the hottest sex toys and my favorite, Gleam Lube, with code EXPLORERS30 when you shop thethruster.com. Known as the home of the incredible build-your-own-thruster prime, thethruster.com is also partnered with lassiere.com, where you'll find gorgeous vibrating steel toys, and boutiquevoila.com, where you can grab a vibrating lipstick, a rubber ducky that gets lucky, or even get pounded by... Thor's hammer, literally, all for 30% off with code EXPLORES30. Just head to thethruster.com where you'll find The Thruster, Lassier, and Boutique Voila and enjoy 30% off your site-wide purchases with code EXPLORES30 at checkout. Cheers. I think I still felt really good about myself when I was doing it and drinking. Cause like, it still takes a lot of balls to do it, like whether you're drinking or not. Um, and so I think maybe the fact that I'd done it drinking gave me the confidence to know that like, I can go in and do this. I'm going to, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of gave me that like edge to be able to do it sober. I knew yeah. what to expect. You know, if I'd gone in there totally sober and never experienced anything and had no clue what to, I don't know. I don't know if I could have done it. What about the quality of the experience, the physical sensation and experience? Um, I, I mean, you feel more for sure. Um, but it's, I don't know. I almost feel like the adrenaline so high that like, that's not even 
Like I'm not going to actually come from it, you know, like it's just too much, um, like adrenaline. Hmm. Interesting. Um, So you're saying that being sober, you have a hard time orgasming because you have so much adrenaline coursing through your body. I did drinking too. Um, yeah, like I have to have like a connection with somebody, you know, like Mm. I don't just come, I wish I did, but, um, I don't. So I go like, just, I think in my head, I'm like, I just want to get guys off. Like that turns me on so much. So like, I just want to be used basically. Right. So you've got an emotional high. It's the experience that you're getting the pleasure from in this case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to say I did look up, uh, obviously, information on alcohol and the effect on women's uh, sexual experience and response. It was interesting. Some alcohol actually uh, boosts a woman's testosterone, which they believe is what causes us that boost in testosterone, testosterone causes us to get turned on easier but it's like then it's like a slippery slope from there to it actually then doing the opposite and killing off our the brain obviously it starts to interrupt the brain body connection which we need uh which we need in order to feel the sensation that we need to feel in order to come and that alcohol can actually lead to orgasmic dysfunction for women where not only can we we have a hard time getting excited enough to come but we have weaker orgasms if we've been drinking a lot or we become anorgasmic and and unable to orgasm so I thought that that and drinking while well, fucking can lead to not being able to get as what? Mm-hmm. It's dehydration. That makes sense. Like a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely bring the lube if you're going to be drinking. Uh, yeah. 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 That's bad for condoms. Right. Not, not being lubed enough. So what is one of the quote we're going to call it the sluttiest things you've done since being sober. Oh yeah. uh, Or give us a list. Yeah. If you haven't listened to gangbang caught podcast at the sex theater, like I think that's the sluttiest thing I've done while sober. Um, Just going in. And I think it was, I think it was six or seven guys that I had in like an hour or less 45 minutes Um, from the time I walked in there to the time I left. That was probably up there for the sluttiest. Um, and that was just had, to just to be clear, that was a good experience, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't had a bad experience. I'm really lucky. I like. I feel so fortunate that I haven't had a bad experience. Um, I I think that another one was I was on Tinder and I matched with a girl, and she was like, um, I you know do you want to fuck? And I was like, well, I mean, it was like 1030 at night and it was a work night and my partner was here and I was like, well, uh, my partner is here. Like I can't just, no, I'm no, like, I'm not trying to like pull you in for some sort of threesome or anything. She's like, will he fuck me while you watch? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So like we literally met in a church parking lot, like two blocks from my house and she came over to the house and we all just fucked and she left. 
<laughs> you all met in a church parking lot. Let's not just let that pass. <laughs> yeah, no. And yeah, it was so good. I'm actually still friends with her uh-huh. on Facebook. Like we've co- stayed connected. We like, it was just such a good experience. It was so fun. And it was like, so spur of the moment, like after meeting on Tinder that it was, yeah, one of a kind experience. Well, I'm speechless. <laughs> I, I think, you know, the other thing that's kind of striking me as we have this conversation, the wonderful thing about being a so- sober slut is that you can do anything last minute, right? It's not like you yes. have to be like, oh, yeah, well, but can we get a drink first? Or or I've got to yeah. go take a shot before, you know what I mean? You can literally yeah. be ready to you know, you're used to that hit of adrenaline. You're used to like wrestling with the demons that try to stand between you and doing the thing that you want to do. And you can do it at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Kind of. It's liberating. It sounds like. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I can't even put into words how freeing it's been for me to not have any sort of crutch like that. Like I've had to go inside and feel the feelings and like realize at the end of the day, it's just a feeling. It's not going to hurt me. Like it's not going to, that's all it is, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, it's, it's been amazing. It's been so fun. Has it, has it helped you find peace with and learn to love yourself, your body? Cause you did bring up, it sounds like that the body issues are one of the first first things that sort of pops up um, when you're sober and going into these situations. Do you feel like over the 19 months being faced with those and really having to wrestle with them and come to peace with them, has that improved like how you see your own body and how you feel about your own self? Yeah, it has. Um, At the beginning is when that experience was. And that's when I was like, super self-conscious, but now I'm, I love my body. Like, I love how strong I am. I love, like, I just love everything about it. Um, I'm healthy. I'm happy. Like I can feel things. Um, and boys like to touch my butt, which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'll take it. (laughs) So yeah, no, I actually, I'm really happy with my body. Even it's like the same body it was too. Like that's the thing. I haven't changed anything. So though I'm I'm sure being sober and not having alcohol has has improved your health overall. It must have. Um, I think yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. My you know what? Um depression, anxiety, like that's pretty much a a thing of the past. So if I can recap before we start to wind things up, it sounds like the bonuses, the big bonuses, if anyone's considering, you know, whatever January is coming. Isn't there like a sober January thing everybody does or is that February? Yeah. I know. I I think it's January. You're just like, I don't know. I do it year round. Uh, But if anyone's thinking about trying that and and you still want to have, you know, at the same time, a really uh, sexually adventurous life, here are the pros I heard. And then you can add or correct me, Ellen. It sounds like something that keeps ringing in my head um, as important um, is that you feel things. 
Now, I am taking that as physically you feel more, but also emotionally um, and as far as arousal goes, you feel more and more intensely. That seems like a big plus. And I know in my own orgasm journey that I've been having this year, I have learned, um, well, I've just started feeling things I've never felt before. And it's pretty fucking fabulous. I do also know that alcohol can take that from me really quickly. Um, So that resonates with me. It sounds like being sober and being sexually adventurous forces you to kind of be your own best friend and learn your weaknesses and deal with them and overcome them, which can be kind of a rush. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what we didn't do? I And I want to throw this in before we wrap it up. How the questions, how have the questions changed when getting oh, ready yeah. to go into a sexual experience with someone? Can you give me some examples of before and after? The questions yeah, you might ask, yeah. Before, so same things that are always that have stayed the same as like boundary questions, um, stuff like that. Um, but now things, this is so ugh, I feel so special for this, but um now I'm like so much more concerned with like you're not like a married guy that's like stepping out on his wife, are you? Or like like I just want to know that the person that I'm dealing with isn't a scumbag and before i might not have given a shit so you ask questions you even if it's going to be kind of a one night thing you ask quality of character questions that will also help keep you from being part of something that might be harmful to someone else yeah 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 because i mean i have to carry it like i'm i'm still have to deal with that on my own conscious. So I guess that would be another bonus is that there is being sober and changing up kind of your own morals and ethics going into even a one night scenario or a gangbang scenario is that you are able to keep your own conscious clean conscience clean a little bit better you feel like it brings more integrity to everything you do even the super slutty things yeah yeah and like i can ask the questions they can be answered um people can answer them however they want um but once i ask like it's kind of off of my conscious so that's i think um that's kind of what's i mean i feel like before i I hate to sound like that. It's so shitty, but like, I don't know if I would have cared. (laughs) Well, it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I also think to some extent it can be hard for us um, women. I think women do tend to, you know, not want to fuck around with pieces of shit, but there's also this part of us at some point that has to be like, you know, this falls on them. I, it's not my job to make men better. It's their fucking job. But yeah, But what's cool is that by really diving into sobriety, you're able to find more and more ways that regardless of what he does, I want to know that I am 
bringing, you know, integrity to everything I do that, you know, I'm going to feel good about myself going into the situation and coming out of the situation. And you've just got that mindset now. Um, yeah. So that you feel good around everything you do, including all your slutty activities, which you exactly. should and you should. So, right. Exactly. Um, so what would some advice be that you would give someone, let's say someone like me who, you know, what if I were like, God, you know, right now I'm really in the sexually experimental time of my life, but I also like to go sober. Uh, I'm worried about how insecure I'd feel. How do I even get started? What would be your advice to getting started? My advice would be to um, find just like try to get a friend that will go sober with you, even if it's just for a night, like just a sober like friend to be, you guys can be each other's confidence when you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And like, just experience things, immerse yourself. And like, if you wanted to go to a sex club sober and like, just go sober and don't have any expectations for doing anything, like don't put that pressure on yourself, just go and just feel it and experience what that is going to feel like. And then you can go again sometime and like, it doesn't all have to and be touch fast. a boob the next time. Yeah. Or like <laughs> ask if you can touch a boob next time you see it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I did. You know what? This year, uh, actually more than once, I went to a sex club sober for the first time this year, a couple of times. And I want to say, I think that you're right. Like, I definitely felt kind of anxious leading up to it and felt like, oh, I'm not going to be fun because I'm going to be super inhibited. I think people mm -hmm. often think I'm just they, – they think I'm just this wild person that's uninhibited all the time. That is not true. I'm actually incredibly not uninhibited. Um, and it was pretty empowering. I was I, – I danced. I was – I had fun. Um I didn't, I didn't touch anything, but, uh, I did learn that I can go into those situations and, uh, feel comfortable. And it, there was a rush. There was definitely a rush to doing that. Yeah. I, it felt empowering. So, mm -hmm. um, any other little tidbits, pieces does, do you think everybody needs to go to an AA meeting and have that kind or no, what are your thoughts no. on that? Okay. No, you know, um, actually for me personally, I started with reading Russell Brand. Um, he's like, he just aligned so much more with where I was at. Um, he's, he went in atheist and agnostic and, um, does the program. And, um, so if you have any questions, I, I think that somebody to, to kind of turn to or kind of look into would be Russell Brand and um, kind of see what he has to say about recovery. He's been sober for a really long time. And um, I think that he's one of the newer age type of people that has got it kind of figured out. Mm -hmm. He still does the AA program, but um, he just has um, a good, like, I just like his experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing uh, your experience. Maybe some tips for people who are thinking about it. Um, like it sounds like, yeah, there are some uh, challenges to being, well, 
staying sober, but then also learning how to continue to enjoy the things you want to enjoy while sober, but that once you get there, that it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yep. I think it's also really important that we wrap this up, this conversation up saying that if you can't have sex sober, then then you probably should talk to a therapist about that. Um, I mean, and I mean that sincerely, and I mean that from someone I've definitely in the past, my far, far past had a period of time where I recognized that I wasn't having sex sober. Like I just really couldn't do it. And, um, sex is something that has to be consensual and it's hard to consent to something even with yourself, right? Like, I think there is this self-consent that needs to happen where you're really yeah. saying, yeah, I really want to do this. This is something I really want to do. It's not because I feel like I have to, to be sexy enough or cool enough, but it's like, I want to do this. And it's hard to consent even with yourself when you're getting fucked up all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. So, well, I congratulate you on your 19 months and I even more so just am so impressed with how you do bring that to your sex life and then how honest and authentic you are in sharing that and uh, being vulnerable publicly. Because I, I really think that there are just so many of us that needed to hear the things that you said today you know, um, and could benefit from that and knowing that, yes, you can still be your crazy, sexy self without that social lube. And it might even be better. So, um, listeners take a moment to scroll back. Please listen to her other podcast episodes with me. Confessions of a cut queen. It's a favorite out there. It gets downloaded a lot. And I wish I remembered the full name of it, but there are glory holes and sex theaters. Um, That one was a good one. It like I learned a lot from that one as well. And, uh, you know, if you guys have questions for Ellen, uh, when it comes to any of it, please reach out to me uh, through email. You can get a hold of me at Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E, at SheExplorsLife.com. You can find me on socials. I'm Locker Room Talking Shots on Instagram and Facebook. You can add me. Uh, my personal Instagram is Being Benedetti. Again, head over to YouTube if you want to watch us sit and talk. We have pretty faces. <laughs> you want to see us? <laughs> and uh, I'm on TikTok as Locker Room Talk Podcast. You uh, can head to sheiksforslife.com where I'm writing about all sorts of sexy stuff, sex toys, sex tips, BDSM, you name it, sex retreats. I'm I'm sharing all sorts of information about that. Ellen, maybe we need to go to a sex retreat sober and see how that goes. <laughs> I think wouldn't that be amazing we'll talk after Um, yeah so and hopefully Ellen I will have you back soon so until next time we'll see you in the locker room cheers (laughs) ring loop
Bring sexy back in 2024 with hot lingerie, sensual body products, and adventurous sex toys from lovehoney.com, all at a 15% discount with code EXPLORES15. Embrace your inner bombshell with their gorgeous bra and panty sets, baby dolls, and corsets. Then explore your desires with their line of toys that range from vanilla is my flavor to tie me up and call me good girl daddy. And don't forget to treat yourself to a massage candle or essential body oil, all for 15% off with code EXPLORES15 when you shop lovehoney.com. That's right, 15% off on lingerie, sex toys, and more when you shop lovehoney.com and use code EXPLORES15 at checkout. Cheers. 